Fields. But well, hi everybody. Three weeks in a row. Yeah, I've been telling people. I said they are so nice there. I mean, there's there's a couple people who aren't, uh, but those are the people on staff. So this has been a a great great place, and it's been fun to be with you. We're continuing the series that's called Greater Than. If you weren't here last week, you see these signs indicating that we're trying to figure out in life, we're going through the book of Colossians, what is greater than in your life? And last week I had a pedestal here, and I said, the thing that we put on that pedestal is the thing we're going to orient our lives around. So if Jesus is on that pedestal, then we're going to orient our lives around that. If money's on that pedestal, they're going to orient our lives around that. If sex is on that pedestal, then we're going to orient our lives around that, relationships, etc. We talked about what we were. We remember we were there. I was, and then now I am because of Jesus. And we left you with this question, Jesus is greater than what in, in your life? Today we're picking up this adventure, and it really is an adventure, and I, I, I like that word. And just by, by show of hands, um, how many of you, when you hear the word adventure, you just, you kind of like adventure, okay? Now, I immediately, I have to move it from camping, because I don't like camping, okay? I, camping for me is, is Holiday Inn versus Marriott, okay? So, but adventure is like, is like when I watch Man versus Wild, Anybody see Man vs. Wild? Okay, if you haven't seen this, you just need to go watch one episode because there's this crazy guy named Bear. He's dropped off in the middle of nowhere, and he has to survive. And he, he catches rabbits with shoelaces, and he cuts dead animals open and makes a sleeping bag out of their skin, and he, he eats off the land. I mean, stuff that's gross. But when you think of adventure, what comes to your mind? Talk to me. New unknown travel prayer you both combined and it still sounds like prayer scary 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 prayer what'd you say Barry risk okay risk and scary sounded like prayer from up here I don't know why because I'm so spiritual that's what I heard no what else huh change excitement Fear, courage, anger, oh, danger, yeah, yeah, danger, and sometimes anger. Uh, this week, I drove by, I was going up the 5 Freeway, and I drove by the Discovery Center in Santa Ana, and on top of the roof of the Discovery Center is where they promote their upcoming series, and this is what I saw, right? and I got, this is what I saw, cue, bam, uh, they're doing Indiana Jones and the adventure of archaeology. Now, Indiana Jones sounds exciting. Adventure of archaeology, bah. Uh, But Indiana Jones. Now, how many of you are of the era where you saw Indiana Jones and you get excited about that? Yeah. The younger generation, you got you to gotta rent it. There's probably a VHS in your parents' garage. Uh, but, but, you know, that was, that was like true, true excitement. Incredible adventures. Four movies out of them. I've heard rumor of, of a fifth. Uh, but you have, what was the first one? Raiders of the Lost Ark, second, Temple of Doom, third, Last Crusade, fourth, yes, you don't know it because it was terrible, it was Crystal Skull. Now, what makes, what makes, uh, and the person who wrote it was on Crystal Meth, uh, what, <laughs> what makes that an adventure, okay? What, what makes an adventure an adventure? I, I put a little list here, um, a map, 
Okay, there's a mysterious map that you discover along the way that guides you to this hidden treasure, and, and the map has been lost for a long time. Uh, the second is there's this spectacular treasure involved. It's immense. It's amazing. I mean, think, think Pirates of the Caribbean, the ride at Disneyland, that room that just has all the treasures that when you were in junior high and you were going on that boat, you thought... I could jump off the boat and into that, but you were too scared to do it, but you could have, and you, you probably would never be allowed back. But, uh, you know, there's, there's tension in an adventure. You've got to discern the code and figure out the map in order to get to the treasure. There's danger, okay? There's danger. There's, there's hidden darts that are coming out. There's explosions. There's things that if you step on them, they'll melt your face. Uh, bad guys are involved. And really, all good adventures have some element of a love story that the tension becomes do I go after the treasure do I go after the love I mean just love is is attached there and we love these adventure stories because you and I are wired we're wired for adventure and we're wired for love and the book of Colossians has all the elements of an adventure story it has mystery it has map it has treasure it has some incredible love, even some danger. And as we engage our hearts this morning into this message, here's what I know about some of you that are here. Some of you have been to church so long and so often, and it has become more of a, a routine for you. And as we uncover this treasure today, it, it's not going to mean that much to you. Because it's going to trigger kind of heard there, been there, done that type of thing. There's one of the, one of the movies, in, and I can't remember which one, in the Indiana Jones, where they actually find the treasure. They take it to the federal government, and the movie ends with it being stored in this massive storage unit. And that's for a lot of us what we do. We've already discovered this treasure that we're going to talk about, but we just kind of tuck it safely away. Now, there's others of you, maybe you're going to understand something for the first time. You're new, you're curious, you're investigating Jesus, you're wondering, you're interested in this whole thing of, of Jesus and Christianity. And what, I'll just give you a little foreshadow of this treasure. This treasure promises to make you complete. Actually, everything that you've been longing for, you know, as we near the, the end of the year and you kind of look back over this last year and think, what are some of the longings that I've had? This treasure that we're going to talk about actually promises to fulfill those longings. All right? So as we go on this adventure, buckle up, gang. All right? Now grab your Bibles, open up to Colossians chapter 1. For those of you that don't know, look at the table of contents. The rest of you, remember, go eat popcorn, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Is that the last of that, page 177, if you have my Bible. And uh, it's in the, the stiff part is the Old Testament, the soft is the New. And uh, we jump right in. Okay, and Now, now with, with every adventure, there is a, a reliable guide. Somebody who's kind of tough and strong and committed. And our reliable guide here is the Apostle Paul. Paul is writing from prison. That's why Colossians is one of the prison epistles. He says in verse 24, Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in all of its fullness. 
So he's saying the adventure and the mission that he's, he's actually been on. Paul is suffering in this prison cell because the people of that time thought, hey, if we could put away the leader of this crazy movement of all these Jesus freaks, if we can put the leader away, maybe the people, they, they were called the people of the way, maybe the people of the way will actually go away. And Paul knew a lot about this, this church in Colossae. He knew that it was young, that it was vibrant, that it had potential, that it was growing, that it was doing great things in the community. As a matter of fact, it had a lot like Mission Viejo Mariners. And he says, you know what, I'm willing to take one for the team. I mean, if this is, if this is where the divine mission takes me to jail so that you can succeed and so you can find, I'm going to give you the map. I'm going to point you to the treasure. If, if that's what it takes, I'm happy to do it. Our guide here is he's passionate, he's sacrificial, he's, he's committed. Why? Because he's discovered the treasure. Okay? He's discovered the mystery. And once you discover it, you don't want to keep it to yourselves. Okay? Now, these letters, what would happen is he would write them in prison. They would then be taken to this gathering or this assembly, and they would be, they would be read out loud. Maybe something like this. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. Okay? Now, kept, kept hidden. What does that mean, kept hidden? These are people, they could have read the entire Old Testament, and they would have never figured out what this, this mystery is. Okay, so this is, he's painting the picture. This is big. This is exciting. This, this is mysterious. It's been kept hidden. You ready for it? Okay, okay, okay. yeah. It, 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 you know when you're watching, like, American Idol or The Voice or some other show that you don't want to watch, but you're only watching it because your spouse wants to watch it, and then you actually kind of fall in love with watching it, and, and then they're going to say, the winner is right after this word from our sponsor, okay? That's kind of how I feel right now, like kind of a build-up, build-up. I, I have the mic. I control the power, and, uh, uh, but I want to tell you because it's, it's mysterious, and, 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 it, and, it, and it's hidden. Uh, or like when you're, um, you're watching something and it says, there are three things in your refrigerator that are probably killing you. News at 11. You're like, oh, I gotta, you know, I got I to gotta wait for it. Okay. Here it is. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. Here it is. Say it with me which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Okay, you've got a little excitement, because the rest don't really fully, fully get it, because you're going, wait, 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 that's, that's the mystery? <laughs> Doug, you kind of built that one up, pal. I mean, uh, but here's what he's saying. It, it's never been revealed. No one ever knew it before. The mysterious treasure is this. Christ in you, the hope of of glory, and it's available to everyone, okay? Even the Gentiles, okay? Not just the Jews, everyone, those that live in Ladera, anyone, all right? This is, this is a multi-ethnic treasure. 
See, Christ in you was the mystery that they had no idea about this and they couldn't have got it without this trusted guide. Like I said, you could have read Genesis. A lot of adventure, a lot of excitement. Exodus, ooh, amazing, amazing stuff. Leviticus, Has anybody ever fully read Leviticus? Okay, a couple. It's a rough one. I got to be honest with you, okay? I mean, you know, by the fifth animal sacrifice on the eighth hill with the ninth high priest, you're like, I'm a vegetarian. I don't, you know. But no matter how, no matter, you say, no matter how smart you are, no matter how much you read and dug into the Old Testament, you would have never figured out that Jesus came to live in your life. Heart. Now, you might believe that Jesus came to live among his people, but that wasn't new. I mean, that was Old Testament. That God lived among the people in the temple or the, the tabernacle, but that's not new news, though. What's new, what's radical, what's mysterious, what's beyond imagination is that God would live not general among the people, but specific in the people. Who remembers the key verse from last week? Neither do I. It's in my notes. Okay, I'm just, just curious if anybody was a little smarter. Uh, Colossians 1.16. Remember Colossians 1.16 said this, Jesus is the visible expression of the invisible God. So you want to know what God is like, you look at Jesus. That Jesus came to earth not as a creation of God, okay? Jesus wasn't God's creation. Jesus was God. So there's this history of God coming to humanity. Now, what he's saying here is now God's not just coming to humanity general. He's coming to humanity you, specific. Okay? Paul's saying, hey, gang, Jesus is a big deal. That was last week. This week, Jesus is a big deal, and hold on to your pancreas, because this big deal lives within you. That's the big deal. See, that's what it means to be a Christian. So you want to know the definition of a Christian. A lot of people go, huh, somebody who goes to church, or they carry their Bible, or they read their Bible, or they're in a small group, or they tithe, or they're nice to people. Okay? No, you, you, the, just because you go to church doesn't make you a Christian. You go to Big Mac, you go to McDonald's a lot, doesn't make you a Big Mac, right? Okay, that's dad, dad humor. Sorry, that's what my kids call it. Uh, being a Christian is, is Christ in me. And I can, I can read some of your minds. I mean, just by the way that you're, you're looking at me, some of you are like, uh, Doug, you're making a big deal of this. I've, I've already made that Christ in me thing happen. I mean, I've, I've prayed the magic prayer. I've... Uh, uh, I believe that Jesus died for me. I made the Savior my Savior. I've, I've, uh, I've checked the box. I've completed the adventure. No, you haven't. The adventure just begins with Christ in me. See, you found the hidden treasure. And the hidden treasure is the God of the universe resides in your life and he begins this mysterious transformation of who you are not a one-time act but a daily transformation 
He's transforming the character of Doug Fields into the character of Jesus Christ. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Now, the reason I want you to get this so bad is because I spend a lot of time with people, and especially a lot of people who are Christians. They, they treat Jesus like he's a consumer product that they've bought. Really. And maybe some of you are like that. That Jesus is kind of this spiritual transaction that you've, you've had. That you kind of you purchased Jesus, you kind of made that, you know, you, you, he punched your ticket to heaven so that you'll go to heaven when you die. you got eternal life taken care of. But until then, you live your life on your own power. You're kind of white-knuckling life just thinking, i I gotta, I got to get through. What a waste of Christ in me, the hope of glory. See, Christ in me is not only the game changer, it's the game winner. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Okay, what is hope of glory? Hope of glory, I was thinking this week. Hope of glory sounds like a TV show that my wife would watch, okay? Which is one I'd rather be kicked in the head than watch. She watches stuff like, you know, hope of glory, tonight at nine. That's the kind of stuff that, that she watches, and I don't like that kind of movie. Uh, nobody gets shot. So, uh, you know, okay, here's when I think of hope of glory. I want you to think of a classic movie up on the screen. You'll get excited when you see it. Rudy, okay? Rudy, that is, that is a picture of glory. The underdog makes it big. That is, that is celebration. That is joy. That is victory. Friends, that's glory, okay? That's the picture of glory, victory. Now, hope, what is hope? Hope is the confident assurance in what we can't see. We can't see the Spirit of God working, but we have hope that God is who he says that he is. So track with me. Christ in me, that's residence. He's taken primary residence in my being. Hope is this confident assurance of victory. Victory from my past, which we talked about last week. Victory from my past that I'm not identified by my sin. Victory in my future that eternal life is taken care of, but victory in the present because of the presence. Tracking with me? Yeah. Victory in the presence because of his presence. That's good stuff. I wish I was sitting where you are because this is good. All right? (laughs) Okay, so here's the test. (laughs) That was dumb, sorry. What is the mysterious treasure? Okay, this side has it. This side has it. Okay, you got it. Okay, I'm going to just let's pray for the other side right now, okay? Okay, what is this mysterious treasure? The hope of glory. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Now, let's take a look at Why is Christ in me? Look at verse 28. He is the one we proclaim, Jesus, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone, circle this in your Bible, fully mature in Christ. 
To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart, united in love, so they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, I know that's a lot of stuff. I asked you last week to be reading Colossians. Go back and think about this, meditate it, meditate on it, reread it. But let me broad stroke. Here's what Paul's saying. I tell you that Christ is in you so that everyone could be presented fully mature. That's broad stroke. That you would be fully mature in Christ. Small strokes, okay? What are the painting, the painting in the fine lines? He says, and this is right there. This is not Doug's wisdom. I'm stealing it from the Bible. Here's what he says. That your heart would be encouraged, that you would be united in love, that you'd have complete understanding of Jesus, and that in Jesus are the hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Okay, this is big stuff that your heart would be encouraged. Can you imagine going through life with your heart just encouraged, fully mature, big picture, fully mature underneath, your heart's encouraged. You're united in love with people and relationships with, with, with God. That you're com- you have this completed understanding of who Jesus is and the character of Jesus. And when you know the visible expression of the invisible God, you, you know God. And that in Jesus are the hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I mean, this is unbelievable. This to think about, to meditate, to smoke on. I mean, you take that in, all right? This word mature, telios. Now, depending on what translation you have, your Bible might not say fully mature. It might say this, perfect in Christ. It might say complete in Christ, whole in Christ, to whom we are supposed to be, complete. Paul says, we proclaim Jesus Because Jesus makes us complete. See, we live with this global pandemic. This global pandemic that walks around everywhere we go. It's called human incompleteness. People are not complete. They're not not whole. They're not who they're supposed to be. And you watch them go through life. And they they try to add things to their life to make them complete. If I could just have that relationship... If I could just drive that car, if I could live in that neighborhood, if I could have that much in my bank account, if my kids would do this, then I would be complete. You see people longing for stuff, and they're looking for experiences that, that, w- that would ho- give them hope. And Paul's saying, hey, Christ in you is the solution to this pandemic of incompleteness. And the beautiful news in verse 28, it's available to everyone, not just the elite few. You know, I don't know everybody in this room, but here's what I know about human nature. You want to be whole. You want to be complete. You want to be who you're supposed to be. And that's why we have this longing, like there's got to be something out there that's going to make me feel like who I'm supposed to be. Now, at this point, if I'm sitting where you're sitting, I need, I need an illustration, okay? So here's, here's what, what I've, I've done. I've brought something that I think will help communicate this. I brought a hot dog, all right? Now, is this, is this hot dog, is this hot dog complete? No, 
Now, if I laid a bunch of hot dogs out in the lobby, there would not be this max exodus, like, I got to get one of those, okay? No, this, this is not complete, okay? I mean, one, it's cold and nasty, uh, but it, it's, it, it, it's not complete. There is nothing in me that wants to take a bite out of it, okay? It needs, it needs more, right? It needs what, Rob? A bun. I'd take a pretzel bun, wouldn't you? Yeah, I, uh, it needs relish. It needs ketchup. See, now we got passion. We didn't cheer about Christ in me, but a hot dog, sure, <laughs> sure. Uh, we got ketchup and relish and mustard and onions and tomatoes and, and oh, bacon, bacon. See, now we're getting excited. I should have started here and then went to Jesus, all right? Now I'm trying to use a hot dog to explain Christ in me. Okay, but here's the point. This is not complete, right? This is not complete. Feed the drummer. Uh, it's not complete. But now, now let me, show you, let me show you a food that it's like God himself created because this is totally, totally complete. The Twinkie, okay? The Twinkie is totally, totally complete, okay? Now, for me, this is, this is the complete the complete meal, aside from the hot dog smell on my fingers right now, this is, this is complete. Now, um, people have tried to change the Twinkie, right? The chocodile, they dip it in, no, it's a, that, they, they, years ago they tried to make it in strawberry. It just, this is, mm, don't eat the Twinkie because you probably think 20 year shelf life, right? Stay off the internet, pal. All right, that is, no, this is, this is, this is complete lacking in, for me, lacking in nothing. Now, you could try to change it. You could try to take the filling out and take the filling out and, and put some other filling in there. You, you know, if you were a peanut butter person, you can put peanut butter in there. If you're an Italian fan, put spaghetti, whatever it is. That would not make this complete. This is, if you just took the filling out, then you have like nasty you know, angel food cake. This is perfect, perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. Now, some of you are like, Doug, did you not go to therapy this week? Did somebody forget their medication? No, you will remember this illustration, I, I promise, complete, lacking, nothing. Now, it's not Christ in me plus. It's not Christ in me plus a good job. Christ in me plus respect. Christ in me plus the right neighborhood. Christ in me plus more money. Now, let's talk about that for a second, because money does make promises. We live in South Orange County. We've seen what the promise of money. It, it delivers to a degree, but does money make you totally complete? No, not at all, okay? That some of, some of the richest people that I know are some of the most fearful people I know because they live in fear that they don't lose what they have. There are a lot of things in life that make promises. They make promises to complete you, to satisfy you, that don't. And Paul says, I love you guys so much. I want you to get this mystery. I want you to discover this treasure. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Go back to that list. That your heart would be encouraged. 
that you would be united in love, that you'd have a more complete understanding of Jesus, that within Jesus you would be, you would be revealed the mystery of wisdom and knowledge. I was having a conversation with my, my daughter this week. She's 17, and she's filling out all these college applications as a, as a senior. And she's stressed. There's all these college applications. Some of you can remember that. Some of you are leaning into that zone right now. But, you know, I don't know where I want to go. Older brother and sister have had a great college experience. And so she, now she's like, I, and she can just see it as she's filling these out. And she doesn't know where she wants to go. And I said, I said, baby, don't you, don't you think that the Spirit of God within you already has the wisdom and knowledge right there? It knows where you're supposed to go. Knows what's going to be right for you. The problem that we live in life is that life is always so loud and busy. Facebook is always on, TV's on, computer's on, stuff is on, always on. And the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit within that has the wisdom and the knowledge as you become mature, which she is, will reveal it to you, sweetheart. Okay? You just have to trust in that. Christ in me. They will give you that wisdom and that knowledge. Now, Paul says all this, and look at verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 4. He says, I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. I tell you all this, Christ, because people are going to try to tell you, they're going to try to deceive you and say, hey, you need more than Jesus. And that's what they thought in the first century, and that's what we think in the 21st century. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, don't go looking for that thing that is going to make you complete. You already have the one thing that makes you complete. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your energy. This precious life that God gave you to live for him. And you're looking for all these other things to, to fill you up. He's already given it to you. And when we go looking for other things to make us full or complete, this is what it's saying. Jesus, you're not enough. Okay? You're not the hidden treasure. You're, you're not the hope of glory. And when we are deceived and we search on these, uh, for these other things, as I put in your, your outline there, you're alone and discouraged. You begin to doubt and you get deceived off the map. That really, bottom line is this. He says, I tell you all this stuff so you'll find the treasure and then keep your eye on the treasure. And I know how easy it is to shift and drift. I mentioned last week, I admit it that in my life as a follower of Jesus for 30 years, there have been many times when I've shifted and drifted from the hidden treasure. That when I worry, here's what happens. I'm, I admitted this last week. When I worry about my future, I'm taking my eyes off Christ in me, the hope of glory. Because when I worry, where do you think I'm going to get the power to solve the problem from? Me. That's what worrying is. What can I do to solve this problem? For those of us that worry, how's that going for you? How's that power within doing? This, what I'm about to say, for some of you, the lights are going to go on and you're going to go, I get it now. Christ in me, when he takes residence, you have his presence and when you have his presence, you have his 
power. Not just his presence. You have access to his power. That's what fully mature means. That means the power that breathed this world into action. The power that rose Jesus from the dead. We have access to the power of God. Christ in me, the hope, the confident assurance of things I can't see, the victory of the past, the presence, the future, and the, and the presence because of his power. And then Paul says, hey, gang, enjoy the treasure. Take a look. Colossians 2, verse 6 and 7. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. In my Bible, I've got that, that word, that phrase highlighted in the word continue. I like that verb, continue. Keep going. It's a word of sanctification. Continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Now look at the little bullet points I put in your notes. Continue to walk or live in in him, rooted and built up. Rooted is just, what, what do roots do? Roots nourish the health of a tree. How many of you, make some noise if you've gone to rooted here at Mariners, okay? Yeah, I mean, that's what I, you know, those of you, it's a great, it's a 10-week adventure, and everybody I talk to, I'm new here, I realize, but everybody I talk to that's gone to rooted go, oh, it's the best thing, best thing I've ever, ever done. Because what do you do? In rooted, you spend 10 weeks on this adventure of how do you grow in Christ? A strengthened faith. Okay, that's not your faith, that's the faith of the, the teaching of the apostles' teaching. That means this, that Christ in you, here's what Christ in you does, draws you to his word. So that in his word you find life and hope and instruction. That's what it means by a strength in faith. And the result is overflowing thankfulness. That's the mark of somebody who lives a Christ in me life. Now, let me get very, very practical with you. I'm going to give you a, a homework excitement assignment. <laughs> I'm excited about it, but, you know, and nothing says excitement like homework. Um, so a homework assignment, okay? Really, really practical. Every day this week, when you wake up, here's your assignment. You say, I'm thankful to be alive. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Okay? I'm thankful to be alive. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Say it with me. I'm thankful to be alive. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Now, by show of hands, how many of you are morning people? You're like, you wake up without an alarm. You wake up like this. Hello. Okay, you're just that person. Let me see. Okay. Yeah, I mean, a lot of you at this service are, are that. How many of you are more like me? You do not wake up that way. Okay. Yeah, I, okay. A lot of, I'm going to have more friends at the next service. Cause, but, you know, some of you just like, you know, you just, I can't relate to you because you're like, Hi. Good morning, God. Yippity-doo-dah. You know, rise and shine and give God the glory. glory. I don't wake up and say, good morning, God. I wake up and say, good God. You know, morning and, you know, throw the alarm clock at the cat or whatever. I mean, so for me, okay, I, now I can stay up till 1 o'clock and not be tired. Last night, it was a very, very late last night. I went over to some friend's house. We watched the UFC. I, we just got home too late. So this morning, I wake up, and now I got to do my own homework thankful to be alive. Christ to me, the hope of glory. Okay, now if for those of us that are not morning people, you may have to just say it several times. It may have to, you know, I actually, this t-shirt, I put on backwards this morning. I was so tired. I put it on. I was all of a sudden, it was choking me. I'm, like, I'm just not, I got a Christ to me, the hope of glory. Now, where that becomes the game changer is one, it starts here. Oh yeah, Christ in me, 
the hope of glory. Then all of a sudden we go through life and say, how are we going to live today, Jesus? How are we going to live? How are we going to interact with those people? How are we going to make decisions, Jesus? How are we going to treat those people that we work with in the marketplace? How am I going to love my, my family today, Jesus? Christ in me, the hope of glory. Every day, wake up. I'm thankful to be alive. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Now, by show of hands, how many of you think, I can do that this week? Let me see. Okay? Yeah. I know you can. I know you can. And then what results in that is a life of thankfulness, overflowing thankfulness. See, thankful people are people who get it. Christ is in them, the hope of glory, and they just, they give off this, this, they're not always complaining and whining. Everything doesn't work perfect for them, but you just, you sense, boy, Christ is in them, the hope of glory. Last week when I was here, I told you about this family that I was with where the husband has terminal cancer, 46 years old, three kids. And I told a story about him last week, how his whole life has been Jesus is greater than. And as I was telling the story after, the, after this service, the 9 o'clock service, they were actually here at the service. And I went up to him afterwards, and I was a little tentative, like, I hope it's okay that I told your story. And it was very tender. He said, it was so good. I'm so thankful that you could share some of my story. And then these were his words. I'm blessed. And here's what I thought. This guy's dying. His body is dying. But he's alive in Jesus. Okay? His body's dying, but he's alive in Jesus. What he said again to me is, Jesus is greater than my cancer. Because Christ in me, the hope of glory. So every day, Jesus, you are in me. That's my victory for today. Everything I long for to become the person I'm supposed to become, you're helping me become Jesus in me. Your presence gives me your power. Now, friends, if you don't live like that, here's what happens. If you don't live with the Christ in me, the hope of glory, all of a sudden life becomes money in me, the hope of glory. Possessions in me, the hope of glory. A bigger house in me, the hope of glory. Career in me, the hope of glory. Recognition in me, the hope of glory. Reputation in me, the hope of glory. Winning in me, the hope of glory. And the problem with these things, if you put your hope in any of those things, they will ultimately crash and disappoint. But I actually think it's a good thing for you to pause and go, what is it that I really wish would happen in my life? And I want to actually move you to that place of action. If you grab your notes, you'll see there's a, a line at the very bottom where it says, Jesus, our treasure, if I could only have And what I want you to do, and you may feel embarrassed to do it with somebody looking over your shoulder, so at least lock it into your head. If I could only have a job, if I could only have a healing, if I could only have a relationship or money or a different body or good kids or if I could only have a baby or or whatever it is. And I think it's important for you to get in touch with that longing. Like, what is it that you think this would complete me? 
Because if it's not clear what you long for, you'll never fill in the second blank in a profound and deep way. You won't hear God's voice. So what I want you to do is I want you to fill that in. Then I want you to go, Jesus is greater than, and, and write that down again. Now last week, we gave you these orange cards. You can see orange and blue. We ran out of orange last week. And we had you fill them out and drop them off. This week, what we want you to do is we want you to take this out of your bulletin, fill it out, and then take it with you. And put it in a place this week that you're going to see it. Jesus is greater than whatever you put in, in your notes. Just transfer it to this. Put it by your toothbrush, by your toilet paper, on the dashboard of your car, on your, on your refrigerator. Wherever you're going to see it every day to be reminded that Jesus is greater than. Okay? Wake up in the morning. What are we going to say? grateful to be alive. I'm thankful to be alive. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Let's pray together. God, would you speak to your people? Would you, through the still, small voice of your Holy Spirit, would you give them something to write down? That you are greater than what? What is, what is it that they're worrying about, that they're longing for? That you love those of us that are here so much. And you know that many of us have been chasing a treasure that doesn't fulfill. And I pray that that chase would stop today. That through the strength and the power of your spirit, that you would give us a wisdom and an insight to recognize your promise. That you are in us the hope of glory. May we hang on to that victory today. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.